Welcome to the VIP Home Podcast, where we talk about all the things homeowners need to know. For those of you who are listening, we're speaking with Brett Brenner. He's the president of the Electrical Safety Foundation International, ESFI. Brett, why don't you uh, take a moment to introduce yourself and let people know kind of who you are and what your role is as president and a little bit more about the ESFI. I appreciate the invite. We're an organization that's that's really designed to kind of keep things very simple when it comes to electricity because I know people can get overwhelmed really quickly when you start talking about electrical. And so we're out there trying to make sure that people understand the basics of electricity and that's at home and at work and kind of everything in between. But I know that electricity is uniquely deadly if, if it's misused. And so we're out there trying to make sure that folks understand electricity a little bit better, not to be scared of it, but also understand because it's part of such a big part of our daily lives that it's not only important, but it also can be dangerous if you don't know what you're doing and you try to do some of the do-it-yourself stuff that we're seeing more and more pop up when it comes to injuries and, and, and the like. What are your most common warnings for those who are installing smart home technology into an older home? Is it a different case-by-case basis? How would you like recommend kind of going about installing smart home tech? It really is a one-off thing where everybody's situation is going to be unique. Uh, because everybody lives in different types of homes, both different times, different technologies of what you're uh, installing. So we always recommend you get a a licensed electrician to come out and install most of the devices that we're talking about. But a lot of the stuff is plug and play where you just plug into the outlet and you sync it up to Wi-Fi and then you're talking to Alexa before you know it or or Google before you know it. And it works relatively seamlessly. But when you start to having to rewire stuff, when you start to to look at things a little more closely, because I I, I admit before I got into this business, you could take electricity for granted. When you start to examine some electrical devices that you have interaction with, so for instance, just outlets and switches and stuff like that. There's some telltale signs of things that you want to look for. You see arcing, you might smell like a burning smell, you might hear buzzing. There's a lot of different things that might be telltale signs of things that might not be working correctly. It's one of those things where people often either get intimidated and or they just try to be foolhardy and going after and trying to install these things themselves. They might get themselves into trouble. So we want you to use this stuff appropriately. But we also don't want to create more problems down the road and create an opportunity for you to either, either one, harm your devices that you're putting in and or you know, the cell phone you might be plugging in, but then also on the flip side, making sure that you're not creating a, a potential hazard down the road for you or somebody else, whether it's now or you know, it happens a couple of years from now. Are there devices that you would recommend, like smart home devices that you would recommend for homeowners? You know, are you seeing that there are certain appliances or smart technology that you think are maybe a safer or better fit for homes as opposed to maybe some of their predecessors? So it's the convenience part of things, but we also talk about the energy part of things. And so what we want people to think about is, is like as you're installing these sensitive electronics into your home, so you're, you're putting anything smart in your home, it's got circuitry and, and computers and different kind of circuit boards and those things that need to be protected. So one of the things that, that I think probably a lot of uh, folks that are that understand audio or TV or have hooked up a TV, you know that you have to plug into a power or surge strip. And those surge strips are, are designed to you know protect your expensive electronics. But what we don't realize is in our home that we have just run down a litany of things I can think of off the top of my head. You have your oven, you have your microwave, you have your washer dryer. All these things have those, those sensitive electronics in them. And so the same adage goes to when you protect your computer or your TV or whatever it might be when you do surge protection is you kind of want to start 
to think about your whole home and the surges that occur inside of your home. And you say, well, wait a minute, well, how does that affect me? I don't, I don't live in like lightning prone states like uh, Texas or Florida. Well, it affects you because 80% of the surges happen in your home. And I'll give you a perfect example of that. Let's say you hear your air conditioner kick on in the middle of summer and you see your lights dim. That's, that's an example of a surge. And what happens is, is this, those surges that help happen within your home go out through, throughout your circuitry and they start to damage and degrade those smart features and a lot of the things that we have. And so a lot of people don't understand how electricity works, but unfortunately the downside of electricity is if you're not protecting your sensitive electronics, you might have some issues as, as time goes on. And so it's one of those things where much like you decided to buy that new computer or that new big screen TV, you invested in a surge protector it's probably start time to start thinking about the whole home, the whole home you know protection aspect that maybe we haven't thought about before. Now, something a little more tangible and things that people can do for themselves. They start to swap out light switches. They do the outlets and upgrade those to make sure that they can turn on lights and and have the voice enabled things that we all like to have for convenience and and, and the like. We all want people to think about kind of the safety implications behind those things. And so it comes down to: Do you have lights that are coming on when you're coming in the door, so you're not creating an additional hazard? hazard, trip, fall, those kind of things. And so we like to think about the whole encompassing safety model of not only is it convenient and it's neat to say you have the technology, but what kind of safety additional benefits can you get from the devices after you have them installed? We recently did a study and we found that 15 million homeowners are actually starting a home improvement project during this COVID-19 time. And we know that a lot of those projects involve some kind of power tools. Do you guys consider power tools kind of part of your scope with what, you know, the work that you do? And if so, you know, are there things for homeowners to consider when using such pieces of equipment? When you're talking about things like extension cords that people take for granted, you know, they might've gotten this extension cord from their grandfather or something that was like kind of a hand-me-down. You know, when's the last time you actually looked over your extension cord to make sure there wasn't something like there wasn't a nick or a big abrasion or bare wires that might cause an issue and duct tape and and electrical tape isn't going to fix that for the long term. And so when you're going outside, you're doing more of this stuff yourself when you're using plug-in type of tools, you want to make sure those cord sets are working correctly. You want to make sure that if you are using an extension cord, it's not in somewhere where you could trip over it or you could cut through it with you know a pair of shears or something as you're doing the bushes or whatever it might be. You just got to kind of have to understand that electricity, whether it's inside or outside the home, you just got to think about how you're using it and how to use it safely. We always want to make sure that people are using things correctly. But a lot of times we see you know, things outside of the home where people aren't paying attention. So let's say if they're doing some do-it-yourself stuff, they might not be conscious or thinking about looking about looking overhead. And so some homes, depending on how they get energy, might have a relatively low-hanging energized power line coming into their home. So they might inadvertently be carrying a, a ladder vertically, or when they put it up to go up on the roof to clean out the gutters or whatever the case might be, they might bump into something like an overhead power line. And that can be uniquely deadly. And unfortunately, that's something that we see a couple times a year where homeowners are, are getting themselves into overhead power lines. There's all kinds of different hazards you have to be aware of. Um, it's not a scary thing. You just need to be aware of potential things and then take necessary measures and make sure you don't tangle with electricity. Are there electrical issues that maybe a new homeowner should be more aware of? Like if someone's a first-time home buyer, say, you know, one of my, my friends, they just 
bought their first home and they've always been renters. Now they're buying a home. Are there things that you find that new homeowners are particularly more unaware of than a more seasoned homeowner when it comes to electricity? I'd say in general, it's just a different kind of mindset you need to have when you're when you're not renting. You can't just call somebody to fix them. I and mean, you you can call somebody that's not a landlord though. You're gonna have to call mm-hmm. um, and call somebody to have, have them come out and fix it. And it's kind of the part of adulthood I think nobody wants to go into, whereas you have to pay for the pay for the services like that. So a lot of people do try to try to cut corners and they start to do things themselves, whether they're they're wiring up a, let's say a new ceiling fan or putting in a new light fixture. Most mm-hmm. of the time people are, are pretty good about what they're doing. But what you cannot do is you cannot cut corners and start to wire things incorrect. So if you're not 100% confident in what you're doing, obviously would recommend you to go into an electrician. You just want to make sure you're not getting in, in above your head. Many times people just say, oh, well, it, it came on. Maybe that didn't follow the directions all the way, but it came on. And before you know it, you have Frankenstein of wires behind your wall. The reason why the code exists is their best practices, their basic best practices of why and how you wire things correctly to keep you out of trouble. And typically the reason why we see home fires and any kind of injuries involving electricity is because people have skipped steps and or somebody before them skipped a step or two or three. And that's where the the problem came in. And so oftentimes we'll see things like uh, do-it-yourselfers using the wrong kind of boxes in the wall. So they try to hang a ceiling fan from a regular light box. And before you know it, the ceiling fan comes crashing down because it wasn't properly supported because of the weight. What happens is you see a cascading effect of problems. When people get too confident with electricity, they start to get into places where they can create more problems versus and more expensive problems versus if they would have just hired somebody to do it correctly, they know they'd have that peace of mind that it was done correctly and they don't have anything to worry about, you know, in the future. Would you say there are specific electrical considerations to look out for on a seasonal basis? Or are there certain things that homeowners should be aware of as we're entering summer or when they're changing to fall or into winter? If you could think of like a maybe like an annual checklist of things to do per month or per season, are there certain things at certain times of year that homeowners should be um, considering or taking care of? Yeah, I mean, like we talked about in spring cleaning and, and the kind of time of year we're in now, people are kind of fast forwarding things and doing a lot of their do-it-yourself projects now or their honey-do list if you will. I mentioned extension cords before. That's one of our most popular and most viewed pieces by far because people just never really thought about extension cords until somebody brought it to their attention and they start to look through that and say, hmm, I wonder if I'm safe. That goes throughout the year. Um, when you start to get into the colder months, we always want to tell people to, to really be mindful of how they're heating their home. So space heaters become uniquely dangerous because it's a source of fire if it gets anything combustible near it. And then you kind of work through the year and you get into the holidays and then you have people stringing up lights using extension cords outside. So there's a litany of things that you need to think about because our lives are so energized. They might be very efficiently energized, but they still create some hazards that you just got to be mindful of. But we're always proactive throughout seasons trying to tell people what they need to look out for and things that they might not have thought about before. So we always offer those tips and those tricks, if you will, on things to avoid throughout the year. Can we go back to space here a little bit? Because you said they they can be uniquely dangerous. I have one in my house because I get colder than, you know, my, my roommate. Are there things that I should be considering when like plugging in a space heater, using one, or even purchasing a space heater? The big thing I think with space heaters is is to never leave them unattended. And that's an easy thing to say, but as you have kids coming to the home, as you have pets coming to the home, you know, things happen, mistakes happen. And you know, let's say you have a dog that might be chewing through a cord. That's an issue. Uh, mm-hmm. You have a dog that leaves a, a combustible toy near a space heater that wasn't there five minutes ago when you left the room. So we always say, 
attention is really what you need to have. As inconvenient as it might be, you need to kind of be attentive to if you're not in the room, you need to turn the space heater off because things can change. With space heaters, you know, the new technology and tip over tip over protection where it turns itself off if it falls over or gets knocked over, that's great. But we still do have a fair amount in the marketplace that maybe don't have that technology. And you also have a lot of seniors that maybe in my family, anyhow, it seems like my mom and, and grandmother always want to have space heaters everywhere they are. I just don't feel like they pay enough attention to them. They don't realize the dangers behind them. And so you're not going to be able to react as quickly as you might think when it comes to a fire. When it comes to home fires nowadays, if you think about the things you look around your home, you realize all the combustibles or you don't really have a lot of natural materials around you anymore. So the microfiber couches or chairs you might be sitting in or the leather imitation things you might have, those are very combustible. Mm -hmm. And so as we moved away from natural man-made fibers, so like these wool couches and hardwood furniture and that kind of stuff, all that stuff doesn't burn as quickly. And so you have time to get out of a house if a fire would happen. With what we live in today is kind of in a way, a tinderbox. So if you do have a fire, you really don't have a lot of time to get out of a home. And so it's one of those things when you're dealing with space heaters and you have an open ignition source, if something happens, it, you have to react quickly and get out because you're not going to have the time that you used to have even going back a couple of decades. So things have changed. And I think we need to have our kind of antennas up to understand that you got to react to those changes as well. Are there any other items about electrical safety that you feel homeowners should know that we haven't discussed yet? I briefly touched on uh, overhead power lines. It's something that we've been we've been paying a little more attention to. We always tell people to, to always call before you dig. That's one of the big things that, that we've been doing is when you're out there doing the, the yard work and stuff like that, there are buried energized power lines as well. And you have in those same corridors, you have gas lines, you have water lines and that kind of stuff. And so a lot of times people get themselves in trouble thinking, oh, just using a shovel or I'm using an axe to kind of dig something or plant a tree or whatever it might be and they end up getting tangled up with something they shouldn't. So looking up is important when it comes to overhead power lines, but it's also important to to make sure you're called, you call before you dig and, I'm, that, and that number is 811 and you can call that number and it puts you in contact with somebody that will come out within the next couple of days and mark where those you know, sensitive utility lines might be, and then you won't get yourself into trouble when it comes to that. And I can tell you, being a homeowner, those things are everywhere. You just would never think that they're in a certain place that they are. So it's always better safe than sorry. That's why we're here. Well, this is really interesting. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Get more answers to your homeowner questions by subscribing to the VIP Home Podcast, available anywhere podcasts are found.